0: Hello and welcome to the Illinois Realtors Weekly Podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news in the realtor world. I'm Jeremy and today we are joined live here in studio by Illinois Realtors Legal Hotline Attorney Vicki Munson and Illinois Realtors General Counsel and Vice President of Legal Services Betsy Urbans. Both of them returning to the podcast. Vicki, Betsy, thank you for being back here today.
1: Thank you for having me. <laughs>
2: Thanks. So happy to be back, Jeremy. Exactly. Thanks, you
0: know. It's always a, always a monumental day when the legal people come into the podcast because some knowledge is going to get dropped. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we're obviously we're coming here up on the end of the year, so obviously some stuff is about to go into effect when it comes to new laws and stuff. So, you guys are here to talk to us about the radon disclosure or more specifically changes to the Illinois Radon Awareness Act. So, Betsy, let's dive right into it there. Let's get a little bit of background in case some of our members might not be up to date on what this act is and stuff like that. What is it and
2: why are exactly our
0: changes being made to
2: it? All right. So here it is. Uh, As all of our members ought to be aware, the Radon Awareness Act has been in effect for some time. It applies to almost all residential dwelling units that are being sold. And then there was a provision in it that also required disclosure to tenants in residential dwelling units if only if there was a radon test outstanding that showed a bad result that either didn't have a retest showing not a bad result or um, hadn't been remediated. I don't know if I said too many negatives, but <laughs> no, no. I think you get the gist. It wasn't mandatory. Right. It was only mandatory if you had some uh, some idea that there might be radon above the um, dangerous levels, the four pico-curies for... Per whatever it is. Yeah, I know it's small, but I mean, not small. I'm I'm not meaning to um, to. Sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's in the Radon Awareness Act. Flash forward to this last legislative session where there was a bill introduced that was a completely separate bill that had mandatory landlord, housing provider, radon disclosure in it. And essentially what it boiled down to in the proposed language is that a tenant could ask for a radon inspection at any time during the course of the lease and it, it use that as a basis for Essentially, getting out of their lease. Okay. So, needless to say, for anybody out there that's in the property management business or is a housing provider themselves um, to residential leases, this would be a very bad bill. Right. As a result, Illinois Realtors uh, engaged in a call for action, and it just happened to be occurring during the course of our—I think it was during our Capitol conference. Well, there's some symmetry. one of our events. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we issued the call for action, our realtors responded, and the bill was stopped. The bad, bad bill was stopped. And we'd been arguing all along, if you're going to do something, do it in the Radon Awareness yeah, Act. Yeah, there's a so, law already existing. Yeah. For this. So yeah. here it is in the Radon Awareness Act. This is the compromise bill. So now uh, that gets us to where we are today. And yeah, exactly. So Vicki, why don't you jump in here now and uh,
0: kind of tell us what are those changes to the Illinois uh, Radon Awareness Act that our members need to know about?
1: Sure. So these changes affect residential leases only. Okay. Um, and there still exists that exemption for units that are located on the third story or higher above ground level. So if that's the case, no disclosure is required. Mm. And all of the provisions relating to residential st- sales are still the same. Okay. So um, like Betsy mentioned, in the past, the Radon Act only required a landlord to disclose if there is an outstanding test result showing a radon hazard that has either not been remediated or or retested to show no hazard. So this new amendment to the Radon Act will now require lessors to provide the Illinois Emergency Management Agency pamphlet titled Radon Guide for Tenants, copies of any records or reports that indicate a radon hazard, and a disclosure report. So the tenant would then get 90 days to conduct a radon test in their unit, and if a hazard exists, the tenant may terminate the lease if lessor does not mitigate using a radon contractor. The lessor could also hire a radon contractor to retest, and if that is negative, it can be used as proof of a no hazard for two years. Yeah,
0: this is always like what I love when I talk about um, you know government affairs stuff with Jimmy or anybody else on our team is like, it's so easy to just say like no 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 to a bill, but like it always seems like Illinois realtors is like, okay, we see what you're wanting to do here. Let's help. Let's help you guide it to a place where it should be, right? Right. And, and let's make it, it.
2: Yeah. Make it manageable. Uh, you know, nobody wants radon. Right.
0: <laughs> Nobody's pro radon. We're not
2: pro radon. <laughs> We're definitely uh, anti radon, but we also don't want to have extremely burdensome yeah. regulations on our on our folks or on housing providers.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this seems like a really good middle ground that we've arrived at here um, in in terms of some of this stuff, at least from where it started, Um, definitely when you compare that. Um, So how exactly, though, will these changes affect our members and what they do for their clients? Um, Are there any examples that you might be able to give us?
1: Sure. So for our members that handle residential leases, they need to be aware of the lessor's responsibility to complete the disclosure form and provide that Radon Guide for Tenants pamphlet and, of course, if the lessor has any reports or records that indicate a radon hazard. Now, we have prepared a new form. It's called Disclosure of Information on Radon Hazards to Tenants, and that will be made available to our members shortly. And we will provide a link to the IEMA Radon Guide for Tenants, mm. and the language in the disclosure form uh, that we've prepared is taken directly from the Radon Act. I also think our members should note the timing of providing these documents to tenants. So the Radon Act states, quote, at the time of a prospective tenant's application to lease a dwelling unit before a lease is entered into, or at any time during the leasing period upon requ- request, the lessor shall provide the prospective tenant or tenant of a dwelling unit, end quote. So my interpretation of that section is to provide those documents that were noted above to a potential tenant when they are applying for the rental unit... Or at a minimum, get it to them before they sign the lease.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, like you know, make sure this is something that they know and are aware of um, that you can request. Um, so, uh, Betsy, when do these changes actually become effective uh, for the Radon Awareness Act?
2: Right, the amended statute, the Radon Awareness statute, becomes the the lease part becomes effective on January 1, 2024. So that would be for any lease that's entered on or after January, 20, 20, January 1,
0: 2024. <laughs> that's
2: hard. Um, and also, if you're renewing a lease mm. on or after January 1, 2024, I'd say you're you're in that group of housing providers now. Um, there has been some discussion upon request. That one's a tricky one. Uh, let's say you have a lease that was entered in 2023 or before. Right. January 1, 2024 comes along, and you do nothing, but you're in the lease. So let's say you're going to renew in June. Right. So you renew the annual lease in June at that time for sure. Mm-hmm. Provide the disclosure information, the disclosure form, and the IEMA Uh, pamphlet, and any records that you have. If someone between Jan 1 and June, in our example, says, hey, I would like you to give me these documents, give them the documents. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because that will be the least restrictive means. That is general legal information and not specific advice. Um, Or if they say they want to have a test... You can, if you're a landlord, you can say, well, I don't have any duty to test. And in that case, whether or not you're in that group where the tenant could say, well, I'm going to have a test, um, again, to deny that request, Yeah. probably, if I'm advising that person, that landlord or that housing provider, I'd say, let them have the test. Yeah. And we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and in that example, you just said, I'm glad because I was going to ask you those exact questions. And you just
2: like, you just
0: answered it because, you know, you're forward thinking and all. (laughs) Um, So, in that example, if there is somebody who's renewing up in June, is uh, the lessor or anybody like that, are they required to give those documents on January 1st or only if they're asked? And so, they could... Like would then the time to do that be in June or is there like some kind of specific provision that they have to do it on January 1st when the new stuff becomes effective?
2: Right. My my response would be and Vicki, please chime in. But if you're in the middle of an existing lease, yeah. I would say the reasonable time to provide the documents would be upon a renewal right. of that lease. Or upon request. Right. So if someone says, hey, I heard about this new law and I'm sure like the documents, but I don't think by the letter of the law that it would apply to the lease that was entered prior. Okay. Do you agree with that?
1: I agree with that.
2: And if somebody thinks differently, please go talk to their own attorneys. But, (laughs) um, you know, we get to disclaim here because...
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so we uh, mentioned a little bit there, Betsy, some resources that are coming up on this subject that um, uh, are going to be available to our members. Is there any more that you can tell us about those resources?
2: Right. Well, the IEMA pamphlet pamphlet is the one that is required and that is on the website and I believe we'll have a link to that uh, just like we do for the radon disclosure for owners that are selling. So there's that and that would be on IEMA. I know we we speak in acronyms. <laughs> um, IEMA is the Illinois Emergency Management Agency. Yeah. I believe I got that right. Um, let's use another one, EPA. Okay. You yeah. could go to the Environmental Protection Agency of either Illinois or the US EPA, and you will find voluminous amounts <laughs> of Correct. information on radon. There are also radon contractors and testers out there. Okay. And I'm not going to give you any specifically, but I'm sure you can find those And they, I would, I prefer to go to the governmental sources. Sure, sure. Just because you take all the, um, if there's any, no, I'm not even going to say it. You know, sometimes (laughs) they, you know, they're selling their services. Right. Just like all business people are selling their services. So um, I like to stick to the governmental I got gotcha. you. Resources.
0: I got gotcha. you. Do you think it would uh, behoove um, some of our members or something to like kind of make a list of those kinds of contractors right
2: now or like testing agencies, stuff like that? Well, I don't know. I would think if you're brokers in the business that you have a list yeah. if you're doing <laughs> sales and so you ha- you know folks in your area in the sales transactions. And I think it's relatively common, honestly to find radon and to have to get the mitigation systems or to retest and and so I don't sure. we're not going to provide a list of contractors right. because you know we we yeah. don't have actual knowledge but I think in your area seek out those that you're familiar with already in purchases and if you're not ask friends ask friends always referrals ask friends <laughs> Of good ones.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Vicky, is there any other information here that members uh, need to know on this subject um, when it comes to the Radon Awareness Act?
1: Sure. There's nothing in the statute that requires either the tenant or the lesser to test for radon or to mitigate radon. Um, and if a tenant is renewing an existing lease, like Betsy said mm-hmm. earlier, I would definitely recommend that the lesser provide the disclosure and the guide and any other reports or records at that time.
0: Exactly, exactly. see, I'm not a lesser at all and I feel like I'm and in, I'm informed. <laughs> so, I get it, I get it there. Um, well, once again, Betsy, Vicky, um, is there anything else that uh, maybe the, that you can think of right now that they need to know before we sign off here?
2: Well, you know, Vicky and I, we think new year new laws, so right. we want our folks to be aware that um, our own real estate license act has a couple changes in it. That are not coming to my mind right at the moment that will go into effect. 1124. I think one change that is in there is there's a slight change to uh, termination provisions in answer, really, to a business model that we saw out in the world where uh, a company was entering into listing agreements that lasted uh, 40 years. Wow. And then they would file a lien. On the residential property, I will say they would file a purported lien. Okay. Because in my own opinion, those are not they. They would not have attached to the property, but that's a whole different discussion for another day. Uh, but anyway, there's some provisions in there that take care of that situation, so folks should know about that. And we will be. We have written. And we will continue yeah. writing and talking about these things, and also it's important to know that immigration status, okay, effective one one twenty four, will officially be a protected class under the Illinois Human Rights Act. I would um, I I would venture to say that immigration status is probably already covered by a number of other protected classes. So I don't know if it will change lives a super lot. But, um, you know, again, like any other protected class, you cannot refuse, deny, prohibit, limit sales or purchases of real estate to folks solely on the basis that they are in any of the protected classes. Gotcha. Vic, got anything... <laughs> no, She's like giving me you that. that it. Cut it off system. Let's get well, back to I'll, our work. I will just say, of course, I
0: believe uh, tease wise, we could say there's an article coming out from you guys in the uh, new Illinois Realtor magazine coming up. Yes. Uh, stay tuned. Stay, stay tuned, tuned for that about that. And I don't know, maybe another like video series that we might be dropping there on new laws. Uh, oh yeah. Who knows? Yeah. The last one was very popular back by popular demand. <laughs> Everyone. Um, well, once again, again, Betsy, Vicki, you guys uh, are always just so knowledgeable. You make our members more informed and and more confident, I feel, in doing their job, knowing that we've got this team here looking out for them and looking out for their interests. So, um, on behalf of them, I will just say, once again, thank you for joining us on Illinois Realtors Weekly. Thanks Thanks for having for having us. Yes. And, of course, everyone, thank you, our listeners, for joining us on another episode here. As always, give us a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. And if you want any more content from Illinois Realtors, Simply search for us on your favorite social media app. We will see you next week.